This is the New Life Rancho Vista podcast. We are a church committed to loving God, growing together, and serving others. Our prayer and desire is that this message from our campus pastor, Peter Moore, will be a help and an encouragement to you, regardless of where you are in your relationship with Jesus. So let's open our hearts and minds as we turn our attention to the incredible truths God has for us today. Well, we're going to be in the Lord's Prayer, and I've entitled it The Essential Prayer. You know, that's the kind of the word of the month. What is essential? What isn't essential? Who is essential? Uh, Who isn't essential? And this prayer, Jesus notated as being essential. And right at the beginning of this passage in Luke chapter 11, there's a phrase with five words, and it's some of the five most repeated words in the Bible. And it's this phrase, and it came to pass. Luke 11.1, and it came to pass. The reason why I wanted to start with that this evening is because the moment that we're in as a city, as a nation, it did not come to stay, it came to pass. And I believe that we are coming through uh, this uh, pandemic and we, we need to focus on what is absolutely essential. Uh, What is important? I'm just so grateful that our nation and our city has said that churches are essential, uh, that they have prioritized uh, prayer and have prioritized worship in such a remarkable way. And so this prayer that is found also in Matthew uh, verses uh, in Matthew chapter 6 is known as the Lord's Prayer, uh, but Honestly, it's more our prayer and the disciples' prayer more than even the Lord's prayer. It was not something that he meant for us to repeat uh, in a sense of just this is all you can say in prayer, but it is a pattern for us to follow. And specifically in this, in the first couple verses, there are three parts to this essential prayer I want to give you. First of all, uh, the, the, the first part says, our Father which is in heaven, our Father which, is in, which art in heaven. And the word Father is used just 15 times to describe God in the Old Testament, but it's used over 165 times in the New Testament. Jesus was wanting to know that God can be our Father. And number one, I want you to notice in your program or in your notes that our Father is inviting you to be a part of his family. You see, all people are God's creations, but not all people are God's children. And the family of God is offered to all who will believe. In fact, in in John 1, verse 12, it says, But as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So when you believe on the name of Jesus, you become a part of his family. In fact, the Apostle Paul said in Romans 10, verse 9, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto unto salvation. And so once you're in the family of God, you're always in the family of God. And And he says in John 10, verse 27, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall neither perish, never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man 
is able to pluck, pluck them out of my Father's hand. So there's this, this analogy of Jesus having you in his hand. And then his, Jesus' hand being in the Father's hand and no one getting through the Father's hand and no one getting through uh, the, the hand of Jesus. I'm reminded of when I was uh, a young boy, uh, probably six, maybe seven years old, and, and, and my dad used to uh, grip uh, a coin or something in his hand. He said, if you can get it out of my hand, you can have it. And uh, trying to wrestle him uh, and trying to, trying to pry his fingers open, I, I will tell you, uh, that was definitely hard. Uh, my dad was much stronger than I was. And I want to tell you, more than a, a, a physical strength, uh, God the Father possesses a spiritual ultimate strength. He is the ultimate Father, and he is able to save. How does he save? Well, number two, our future is based on his forgiveness. He says, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He says it twice. Our Father which art in heaven, and then thy will be done in heaven as it is in earth. Well, what are we talking about heaven? Well, I hope that all of us will understand that our future can be in heaven. But really, David and many others prophesied and predicted that Jesus was really bringing heaven down to earth. He was bringing everything that went wrong with the earth back to a right position with God. David said this in Psalm 103, verse 1, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. Man, I've been claiming this verse recently. I want God to heal us of these diseases. And then he says, Who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness, and tender mercies. You see, heaven is the reflection of God's perfection. And Jesus was coming to bring heaven back down to earth. Earth in its current state is broken. It is a reflection of man's defection from God's plan. Adam and Eve in the garden, uh, they wandered from God's perfection. They chose to define good and evil on their own terms. And actually, Romans 5, 17 tells us what happened. It says, by one man's offense, death reigned by one. Much more, uh, they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Jesus came to bring that which was good in a world full of bad. See, Adam and Eve marred God's design, but God loved us enough. In fact, he loved us too much to leave us without a way out of our sin. And so in, in 2 Peter 3 and verse number 9, it says, The Lord is not slack. As some men count slackness, but is long suffering to usward, and is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. In love, God will not force his forgiveness on us, but in grace, he continues to offer it to us and to you. My life first, the verse that I, my favorite verse in the Bible, the verse that I uh, memorize and quote uh, often to our church is 2 Corinthians 5.21. It says that he, God, made Jesus sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. 
You see, the righteousness of God can be stamped on our souls if we are uh, placing our faith and trust in his forgiveness. The word forgiven can be stamped on your soul. The word pay, words paid in full can be stamped on your soul. I heard about a, a, a man, a veteran actually, uh, Kevin Rosenberg, uh, who was living in New York, he still is, live, lives in New York, and he had two, he has two hundred and twenty one thousand dollars of student loans. He was going through some financial hardship back in January, and so he petitioned a bankruptcy judge there in New York uh, to uh, partially forgive some of those loans. And, and in fact, the judge actually said in New York, a U.S. bankruptcy judge in uh, January, January 25th, said, we will forgive all of your student loans from this day forever. And then about three weeks later, he received a, a notice from uh, the agency that was carrying that loan that says, we want to inform you that we have appealed the ruling and we are trying to get you to pay even more than you owed before. I think sometimes we forget that when Jesus said it's paid in full, often religion will come and say, yes, but you have to pay your fair share as well. You see, when religion says do, Jesus says, no, it's done. You see, when our conscience says you have to pay for what you've done wrong, Jesus says, I've paid it in full. When our guilt and our shame says we have to continue to purchase, we have to continue to pay to make amends for what we've done, Jesus says, when I was on the cross, I said it is finished. I have paid your debt. I have offered you forgiveness. And it is not based on anything we have done but it is based on what Jesus has done for us. And so everything that died in the garden, both the Garden of Eden and the Garden Tomb, everything that died that day in the garden came back to life the moment Jesus came up from the grave. You see, your hope is alive because Jesus is alive. Your purpose for living is alive because Jesus is alive. Your reason for joy is alive because Jesus is alive. You see, everything came back to life. Your source for power is alive because Jesus is alive. And so it is the Father that's inviting you to be a part of his family. Our future in heaven is based on the forgiveness that he offers to us through his death, burial, and resurrection. But finally tonight, and this afternoon, our freedom is found when we follow Jesus. When we follow Jesus, it is the most freeing thing that will ever happen. I want you to see this in the Lord's Prayer. Maybe you haven't seen this before, but he says, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. As in heaven, so in earth. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is one of the most freeing passages of scripture. I think it's important to remember that every time we face and are, are, are grateful for any freedom, we must understand that freedom is never free. You see, this weekend we're celebrating Memorial Day. And I'm so thankful for uh, our, our own 
O.C. Cofield, who prayed for the veterans and prayed for those families that are mourning the loss of their loved ones, who've, who've gone on before to pay for our freedoms. My grandfather, who's still alive today, and, and he fought in World War II, and so grateful for all of our friends and family who have paid the price. But I want you to know that that's for civil and physical freedom. But there is a spiritual and, and, and an emotional freedom that comes through the death and the burial of Jesus Christ. You see, the freedom that we have in Christ is not free. It was paid for by him. He shed his blood for our freedom. He shed his blood so that we could be free. Where is this in this text? How, how can we be free? Well, when it says, not my will, but thine be done. When he says, uh, thy will be done, he's talking about the freedom of no longer being bound to our will, our desires, but being free to his will. When he says, in heaven as it is on earth, we're no longer chained to this temporal earth. We are free to live a greater purpose. When he says, give us this day our daily bread, we are no longer handcuffed to the fear of failure and loss. We are free to live day by day by the provision of God. We are no longer shackled by our shame, but we are free uh, to live forgiven and, and not burdened by our shame any longer. We are no longer held in incarceration of our temptations and our besetting sins. We are free to be delivered from all evil. We are no longer bound by the person uh, that we were in our past, but we are free to experience the new life that is offered only in Jesus Christ. You see, true freedom is only found when we follow Jesus Christ. And if you're feeling empty, maybe you're watching this later and you're feeling like there's something missing, You've tried hard. You've tried to do good and outweigh your bad, but you realize that no matter how much you do, you're still just trying to add on what Jesus said has already been done. And if you're here, and, and, and maybe you're here physically, and, and you want to find the freedom and forgiveness that Jesus offers, I want you to know that he's offering that invitation for your sins to be forgiven. He's offering it today. Many people overcomplicate the salvation that Jesus offers. The reality is, if we place our faith in who Jesus is and what he has done, we have crossed, we can cross from death, from sin, uh, from disappointment to the life that he offers. And it's a life that is eternal. And it is a life that is free from the guilt and shame that is many times placed on us through religion and through self-righteousness. And so if you'd like to receive the gift of eternal life, I want to give this to you. It's not a prayer that saves you, but it is believing, like I said earlier, on the name of Jesus Christ, believing on the, the invitation, the, the gift that he has given to you. I want to give you a chance to receive this today. And so as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, we're going to have a final word of prayer. But before we do, I want to give you a chance to receive this gift of eternal life. Wherever you are at home, maybe you're listening on the radio, or maybe you're here physically, let me just encourage you to reach out to God. He's reaching towards you. And pray this, dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know I've done wrong. And I know nothing that I can do will ever uh, reach the, the, the perfection that you require in your, just, uh, in your justice. Lord, I believe that you are the Son of God. Jesus, I believe you died and rose again. 
for the salvation of my soul. I place my faith in you alone. I receive your gift of eternal life and forgiveness. Thank you for saving me. If you prayed that prayer, you meant it in your heart. I believe that you now are a child of God. You have received him, and he has given you the power to become his child, become a part of his family. And so before we end, I want to tell every one of his children one thing, and that is that when we see our lives from heaven's perspective, we don't have to live lives without hope. We don't have to live lives that are in desperation, that are in depression and anxiety. Friend, you can live a life of freedom, a life that is focused on the power and the grace that he gives. You see, in Matthew, it says, Thine is the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. That is the God we serve, a God that truly gives a life worth living. Thanks again for listening. If you would like to learn more about our church or how to get connected, check us out online at findnewlife.church or find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook under the handle Find New Life. Have an amazing day.